there is a level of, of accountability and responsibility for the decisions that you're making. So if you feel like your life's going to end at that point, is that because your parents taught you that's the way that it's going to be and you took that conditioning on or was it the, the social conditioning that you are that you took on that made the choice to upheld, uphold, right? If, with anything, any of the things that we want to pursue, whether it's success or parenting or marriage or whatever, were those decisions you made for yourself because you wanted them or was it because someone in your previous um, childhood, whether it was a parental figure or what have you, told you that's the only way we need to do it? What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space created to help redefine what it means to be a powerful man in the modern era. I'm your co-host, CK. And I'm A-squared, Anwar Ahmed. And today we have a very interesting conversation to have with you about the concept of marriage, children, and if that's the beginning or the end of a man's life and a woman's life. I'm very excited to have this conversation, but always know what we start with. Moochick! Hey, yo, 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 Coach hey. Kyle! What's going on, man? How you feeling today? What's going on? What's going on? Uh, I am good, man. I, I'm, no, I'm great. I feel like I say good a lot, but I'm not good. I'm great. Let's level up. Let's level up. I'm usually at the level up, but I feel like there's this weird, like, ah, oh, I need to be a specific way to feel great. No, I'm great. Yeah, good is like when they say, like, good is seven, you know? When, yeah. It's a safe number to pick. It's People don't want to say I'm a nine. Yeah. I'm probably a nine today, you know. Let's go then. Woke up. I woke up a little, uh, a little, a little bloated. I know that's got a weird conversation to have, but I've been. You feel filled. great and bloated. You must be okay, some sort well, of different. I only specimen. feel well. <laughs> specimen's the correct word. I have been feeling that way for. I honestly, I think like a week and a half. I think it's because I bought new rice. My body's just not reacting to it well. I know that's a weird, weird excuse. Anyways, I'm fasting for the next 24 hours. So nice. um, trying to work that out. So I feel really good about that because now I'm having black coffee and it's hitting me like freight train. So I'm ready to run a marathon. So, so that's probably why I feel like a nine. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, I yeah. feel like I'm so ready 100%. to do this. <laughs> Fa- fasted and coffee is a wicked combination. Oof, it feels fantastic. Get some crazy amount of work done yeah, with that combination. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I, yeah, I feel like I said I feel great, and I was just about to say no complaints, and I'm mm. gonna, and I, we just had this conversation, and I'm I'm reeling it back. I'm why why it don't back. you like that? Why? I can't stand that because it's like it basically says you have to have a complaint when you, people ask you how you are. Right. So you say no complaints as if oh well I got nothing else to say so there's no complaints and I just feel like what for me what's the point yeah. in saying that because it almost makes your mind try to think of all the bad stuff that could be going on. And that doesn't feed, that doesn't do anything for you, mm-hmm. but it's almost instinctual. Like I wanted to just say it cause it's just what you say. Yeah. And that's why I also said good. Cause that's just what you say. So try to flip the narrative a little bit, get, get a little crazy. When I was working at cactus, I always used to say I'm peachy just to throw people off. How are you? I'm pretty peachy. And they're like, what is peachy? Yeah, yeah. And then they started saying it, but it makes you think differently. Right. I'm wonderful. I'm incredible. I'm amazing. Whatever. Right. Um, I like the, the language shift. So anyways, um, maybe, you know, I'm peachy today. That, that would throw me off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm peachy. How are you, Poppy? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm good is the right appropriate feeling seven. for me. Yeah, yeah I'm, okay. I'm, at, I'm at like a seven. I moved into a new place. So just trying to get comfortable with that. And you're still waking up a little bit off balance. Like you're trying to get it like, you know, used to the new environment, the new space. Um, 
you know, the weather is the weather is getting nice. It looks nice, but it still feels cold, mm-hmm. you know. So you're getting a taste of like, I should probably start getting in shape. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like all that's going to change is that the sun's going to be there and the minus is going to be a plus 20. Yeah. And then you're not you're going to look the way you look now. So uh, I'm focusing on, you know, hopefully let's start doing some push ups and start doing some sit ups. Um, but I feel good. I feel good. I'm excited about this topic because it's not like it's not rigid. It's fluid. Like, mm. it's like... There's a lot There's there. just like, yeah, like, why do you think that is, you know? And I like sometimes when we get into these more table talk conversations, because it's like, there's less of a, you don't need a right answer. It's just, what do you think? Mm. And I like those kind of conversations, so I'm excited about this one. I love that. I love that. So let's just get right into it then. The statement that we left you all with last week was just more of something that came up in conversation through uh, having a conversation with a friend. And he actually mentioned it to us, and now we want to work off of it. And it's this idea that men's life tends to end when they achieve the specific success of marriage and children. And then a woman's life tends to begin at that point where marriage and children are kind of where their life just starts to sprout and they start to do. Now, this is a generalization. So we want to preface like we know this isn't a totalitarian perspective. Very traditional. It's traditional. Feeling. Yeah. Right. And so there's so many things that come into that. And so I'm very interested in what you all as a listener thought of that. I'd love to hear your thoughts in whatever way you can and whether it's Instagram or the comments or um, any reviews, because I think this is an interesting concept. But for me, what came up was actually probably the opposite. I feel like my life actually hasn't begun yet until that moment. And I I don't know how I feel about marriage, so that's a separate conversation. But for me, I definitely align with the idea that, and this is from my upbringing, there's nothing more that I've ever really wanted other than to be an amazing father. Hmm. And I think I know you can relate, so you'll touch on that. But that's been my ultimate goal for as long as I can remember. And that comes from you know, my lack of fatherhood and that not being present and not really enjoying that process. So I've right. always wanted to be better than that. So right, for that me, wrong. yeah, exactly. So having the success of, let's say, children would begin my life. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel sometimes. But I understand the idea that I could see it ending. When you heard this, this, this obviously landed heavy for you. What came up for you? I just thought it was so interesting because there was so much truth to it in a weird way like Mm. it kind of felt like there was a little bit of huh and it's it's this idea that I think maybe like for me I kind of landed on more of the side of like no I'm excited for that chapter so like for me I think it would begin to um but then the part that does feel like it's ending is just think about kind of you know if you're a guy and you know you've you know you've gotten to that point you know you've got the marriage you got the kids just treat think about how the guys treat you Right. Like, oh, you're married now. Like, you know, they almost like give you the like they almost make you feel like you're done. You know what I mean? Like as if you've graduated from like the fun side and now you're in the like old, like structured, like it's over. So you might just be feeling some type of way because of how you're being like perceived, like by other people, like as if like, all right, old man, you got to get home to the kids. So see you later. You know what I mean? So a lot of that comes up, too. So that might play into it. Another thing that might play into it is like the reward system and the choice system. Right. Men are kind of rewarded to getting to that 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 point, right? They're going on the knee, they're getting married. Um, we tend to, you know, reward men for like being able to get to that point, and like the fight for what you want is to that line. Where for a woman, it's like her reward system comes in like how good is she at raising a child, right? You or know? even just being being pregnant, like that in itself is a very large uh, appraisal process 
from women from women from other women it's like women are like oh my you're having a kid like it's almost like you've accomplished this like thing where for a guy it's like you're getting married all but then every moment after that is where this finish line comes into play right it's Mm -hmm. like that's the climax for a man where the boys dap you up and like yo you did it bro but then every feeling after that is kind of like you're married now man you know what i mean like right like like, you're stuck you're you're locked in like it doesn't matter anymore um, yeah, there's a lot that actually comes into that. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. And then the the choice too. Like as a man, maybe you feel like that's your last big decision, mm. right? So you feel like you're, you, you, what decision am I going to make after that? Like I had all these, it was get the job, get this. There's all these choices. And then now at that point, let's say you decide to get married at like 35. Say you have the job, you've made your last choice of your partner. And then you might, do you just maybe feel like you're like, oh, I, I feel like I made my last big decision. And that's why it's like now I kind of feel like, oh, it's done for me then, I guess. Like this, these are the decisions I needed to make. Like I got the job. I have mm-hmm. it. I found the partner. I made that big choice. I went on a knee. I chose her. What choices do I got left? I think I'm done. You know, like, is that how it feels? Maybe. Yeah. I haven't been in that position, but I would perceive maybe that's how it lands, you know? Because um, if you go back, say, let's say you're 20, you have too many choices. What career? Should I date that person? Should I date that person? You're like in this constant making choices, 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 right. choices, choices. And then you this, you make decisions, you make, and then the choices start to, and then we might get a lot of excitement out of choice, you know? And that's why we have so much fun when maybe we were younger because there's a lot mm. of choices and you get to kind of create your own, your own world. And as you kind of get to that point, which is that line that we're talking about of marriage and kids, is it really where all the choices start to end? Mm. And so that's why you're feeling like, oh man, I used to have like a million choices. And now I feel like I wake up and I'm in like, I'm, I'm living the choices I made, but there's no more choices to be made. Right. It's the like finale it's the, as if you're 90 years old on your deathbed kind of thing. Yeah. It's something that actually just came up for me that I realized uh, hasn't come up for me since I've been thinking about this is. I wonder if that's a part of the process of why there's so much infidelity after marriage from a man's perspective. Like some, like not to say that as a as a general rule of thumb, men are the only ones that that cheat. However, the lack of choice that you just brought up had me thinking. You get married, you have all this pressure from guys, and oh, it's just like it's there's just one now, and you know you feel weird about it. You feel like your, your options are done, and you feel good about it at first, but then over time you're like, okay, well, what's my next step? Where's my next option? And I feel like sometimes I, men are maybe seeking that option of what are my choices? Okay, well, I could I could go and do that and try to hide it and do this. Like I feel like that's maybe a cause of some infidelity, mm. which I didn't expect to come up. But I do know, I, I mean, that's a large spectrum conversation, but um, I, don't, <laughs> I definitely don't see it that way because I am looking for that person who I want to spend my life with. And uh, I obviously do not agree with infidelity whatsoever. I think that if, it, if you feel that way, you should probably do some different things uh, other than sneak around behind. But I also think that this concept of men's life almost being considered over at that point is a cause of midlife crisis, Mm -hmm. right? 40 year old midlife crisis. I don't know how many men out there are thinking um, about that, but I know traditionally speaking, I feel like it's in movies a lot where like a man reaches the age of 40 and all of a sudden it's like, who am I? Who am I? What's my life? I wasn't paying attention. I've been on autopilot. I just did what I was told. And all of a sudden I need a Lamborghini, you know, like I just, I need, I need this. I need something. I need a toy. I need a boat. I need a, a four by four. Something. I need something. Right. Cause all of a sudden the identity feels like it's almost been given away this whole time, which I find is wild. Or I need something to like 
get the boys talking again. Because mm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a hot topic no more. Like, because I'm married and I have kids. I'm on this side of the spectrum, so like, I'm not the one who's coming with the juicy headlines no more. Like, I'm on the, I'm on the sidelines. I'm not in the game. So maybe I got to do something to be back in the game. Mm. You know, be spoken about. Be feel like you know you have that that interest again. Um, you know, something that Chris brought up that was like you know a, a good thing to kind of point out too as well was the the peak of a man right when you have all these choices when you're not in your prime essentially you know and you have all these choices and then you make the big decision right and you feel like you're in your prime but all your choices are gone you're like oh how many more choices could i have had now that i feel this way you know mm. um so when do you think a man's prime is i like generally speaking when would they reach that moment i think when you feel like is there like an, is there like an age range? Is there a specific section of life? Well, I don't know. I've never, I haven't hit my prime yet, so I'm not mm-hmm. too sure. I would just, I would, I would assume that like once you get the stability of like the confidence that you are looking for, or the the financial stability, the the mental stability, the physical stability, like when it all kind of comes together in a perfect storm, that's the person that maybe be like that. Be maybe that person's considering. I wish I had options now because mm-hmm. I feel balanced. Like I feel good, you know. But I've already made my real choices. They were already done. Mm. I've made my real choices already. So maybe that can lead into that midlife crisis where it's like, damn, I feel, I feel like I'm in my prime right now, but all my big choices I've made already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like now I can't recreate myself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, especially if I'm not being... Also, like I'm on the reward system too. When you talk about the reward, there's a lot of, a lot of men are you know, praised for how many women they can get or how much money that they have and all of these, like, that's how you kind of can, you know, maybe we need to start showing more men in different capacities that like, you know, fatherhood and showing more success in like being a good father is, and we're all coming off of like, you know, think about like the, you know, going back to the, who is Simba's father. If you come from that and you don't value it, you know what I mean? And then you kind of have now this scenario where all the things that the society praises men for are before that line. And you're on the other side of that line and you feel like you're in your prime, you might start feeling like, man, you know, but that's that we're playing devil's advocate right now. Right. We're, we're trying to have a conversation of like maybe why we think that is. And I think that maybe why could be that too, is being in your prime and being in a, in a marriage already and being thinking all my good years of choices are behind me, mm. but I feel the best I've ever felt right now. Right. Right. Yeah. I think I, I, from what I know, men tend to hit their prime, I think later than women, but just like you said, prime is meaning like, like feeling well-rounded, feeling, feeling set and ready to go. Uh, I agree. I don't feel like I'm in mine yet either, but we're similar ages, right? Both kind of around that 30 mark. And so, um, it's interesting to think about, you know, when am I going to get there? And then I would be intrigued to have like come more conversations with people who see it as, you know, I'm turning 35, but at this point I'm married and I'm about to have kids or have kids, like the thought process behind that. Because for me, obviously I'm not in that position, either are you. So we don't really know what they'd be thinking. Although we both want to be great fathers, I don't know how I would actually feel in that moment of like, well, what choices do I feel I still have? Which I think is a great way to have this conversation now is let's beat that to the punch. You know, let's be proactive in that idea. And I hope that I'm doing it. I know those questions prompting me to do it is to be more proactive and think, okay, once I'm past, you know, 35 or 40 or what have you, like, where do I see my life going? 
because of course there's retirement and there's you know success whatever like there's all these things and i don't want to think too far down the line because i don't want to take myself away from the present moment but how i don't know if i've given enough thought as to what that second entire half of my life how do i want that to look right and i can start planning as best as i can now but i don't know if i've really given that much thought so i would be concerned i think a little bit of getting caught in that loop of thinking i've made all of this decisions i can now and now i'm just kind of you know floating i guess i'm just not really where's my investment where's my give you know do you think then do you think there's a problem that we think that we have no choices after getting married is that the problem for the why someone might feel like they're they're coming to an end why do we feel like we don't have choices because mm. i feel like uh, as a man i feel like i'm already supposed to have it all figured out i'm supposed to be done mm-hmm. right and i know that's kind of what the statement says but to, to elaborate for a second i feel like i'm supposed to have the perfect job and perfect career at that point and if i don't i'm a failure i feel like i have to have the the right person right and i also have to have the kids and and I, for, I think the general population at that point, it's like, okay, well, you have the three things that society wants you to have. They don't tell you to have anything else. They don't, they don't say go have a life or... Um, there isn't a lifestyle that's like shown to us yeah. after that. And if anything, it's at 65 where your retirement lifestyle. And all of a sudden now your life can begin as if from 35 to 65, it like it never happened. There isn't a storyline there There's yet. no story, exactly. So there's so much that happens in that large time span. It's like from uh, for us now, from the time we were born until now, it's 30 years. That timeline is, is another 30 years. We just look how much we've grown in 30. Imagine that just stopping. Like that just being done. Be like, okay, now we're running on autopilot for the next 30 years straight. Just trying That's to- That's wild. Just trying to build up to this 65 year five mark and then be like, oh, okay, I can, I can start to actually think about myself and, my, and be self-aware and want to do things with myself now. And it's, I mean, at least now, the good thing about, I guess, the world we live in now is that there's so many things that you can do, you know, like if you can pick up hobbies, you can pick, you can recreate yourself in so many, I, I would picture like an older, like, cause tender, like 10 years are like getting shorter and shorter. People are changing careers now. They're shifting gears. If you get, you know, you get bored of the thing that you're doing, you get a little bit more information about something and you shift gears where before you were just going to work the same job for 30 years straight mm-hmm. and not be like, not really have any kind of excitement about anything. Travel wasn't as glamorized as it used to be either. So people would just literally sit there for 30 years and then wait for a retirement where they're like, okay, let's go travel. Let's go do something different. Let's go like, you know, spend our days doing something. Um, but you basically just become a provider mm-hmm. for 30 years. You're just your whole job becomes being a provider for 30 years, and that is the only lifestyle that's kind of shown. But it's and I think hope, now I would imagine because I picture a, you know a way more of a dynamic type of you know once you hit that line there is okay how can I show you know my wife and my kids as much about life and as many experiences because I think I'm only thinking that way because of how much open the world is now. Mm. Would I have not have thought that way if maybe Instagram wasn't a thing and I didn't know what was like, what the Amalfi looked like so I could desire to want to go there one day or, you know, there's so much more like thought provoking ideas in the world now, Um, philanthropy ideas, like things about charity, things about so many different things to do now. So maybe this isn't going to be as much of a problem and then, but there, that, that sentence just was just devastating to hear 30 years. So you go career. You find the wife, find the kids, and then retirement is the next jump. That is, 
we kind of need something in the middle. I would hope so. Absolutely. We need something to kind of aspire to. And it's, it's been fatherhood, but we just haven't like committed to that yet. Right. And what you mentioned earlier, we're not uh, often praised in that sense of being like, Oh, like strive to be a good father. We might be praised by women though, and not praised by men. True. So then I guess that's a great question. So then where are we looking for acceptance from? And I was actually just going to ask you a question when it comes to, I guess that having the marriage and the children and like the perfect job, uh, for you, do you feel like you're doing that for yourself or do you feel like you're doing that for the approval of the world? Probably a bit of both, to be honest, Mm. probably a bit of both. I'm not going to lie. Um, appreciate your honesty it's it's a question i don't know if i'm ready to answer so i'm glad i asked it (laughs) yeah i know i think i think there is a lot driving um there's a lot of external drive coming from you know who i want to be and stuff like that um because i think i need to achieve those things you know i believe i need to achieve the the career that you know allows me to be financially stable enough to not only take care of myself but to take care of others i feel like i need the the right woman in my life that I can grow with so that we can start this family and have this like, you know, this amazing family that we raised together. And I have to get that right. Um, I also now for myself, I have that added pressure of wanting to be the best father ever because of me trying to right my own wrong. So like there is these chapters of life. And I think that the father one is personal. I think that the, the other two might be more social conditioning than like my own actual thing. Um, I often wonder if I grew up in a different upbringing, would I, would I be okay with, you know, chasing a career that wasn't so financially like rewarding? If I didn't come from like, you know, like a poor background, would I want, would I, would I just be okay with like, okay, well, if I don't got to support that many people, if I only got to support just me and, you know, my spouse, maybe I go for a career that's a little bit more, more passion, less, less monetized, less, Mm -hmm. less money. I wonder, I always wonder, I'm like, I wonder if I grew up in a different environment, if my behavior would be different, but all I know is the one that I grew up in. And for me, it's, there's, there's people I want to take care of where there's a certain level of financial freedom is not going to get me there. Mm. Um, and I don't want, I don't want this one life that we get for some of the people that have helped me become who I am to not, I don't want them to see them not enjoy it because mm. they've, they've created so much for me. It'd be selfish for me to cut it off and say, Hey, thanks for giving me the opportunities. I'm just going to make enough for myself and take care of myself and be on my way. That doesn't land well for me. Mm. Um, and so there's also that kind of back and forth too of, you know, being a provider for your family, being a provider for your future family and the stress you put on yourself in between the two, you know, like I'm like, Oh, the family I came from needs me and the family that I want to grow also needs me. How do I balance that? Mm. How do I balance the, I'm going to put this family on hold because I got to fix this one first and then I'll go on to this next one. But it's like, then you're holding your, you're holding your own storyline back. So it's this weird, it's a, it's a weird balance of trying to figure it all out, but I would say more in the middle. I'm not, I'm not going to say everything I do is hundred percent for myself mm. and I'm not gonna say everything that I do is hundred percent for society, but there's definitely some influence coming from both sides. Mm. There's something I want to touch on with the fatherhood thing. You mentioned that you feel like you are, seeking out being a great father for yourself. I was challenged myself with that question a couple weeks ago because I know for me, I, like I said, I've always wanted to be 
the best father I can be. I always, I've always wanted just to be a father in general. And I, I definitely have an aspiration of having, I think at least four children. Like I don't plan on having a small family. And so when I think about it though, there was a question that kind of was prompted to me. So I'll ask you first. And it was, um, am I doing, or am I seeking that out to prove something to other people? Hmm. Or am I doing it because I really value bringing a life into this world that I want to help nourish and develop? Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's like an easy answer because of course we want it to be the flourish and um, raise and, and develop into the best human that we can get them to be, I guess. But I think the question is more, it was more and is more right now is, is it, is it for you though? Like have, have we misread the narrative are we doing it for ourselves because we're supposed to because our ego says we're supposed to have kids at a certain time or are you doing it because you actually do want to bring somebody into this world that by the way does not extend your legacy that lives their life the way they want to live and you're going to support them in that life is that the goal for you specifically do you feel now that i've asked that question a bit do you feel like that's prompted different thoughts or do you still feel like you land with, no, this is, I, I'm doing this specifically to bring a human in this world to allow them to do what they want to do. You know, you know what that reminds me of too, is this idea when you get into a partnership, it's like, are you, are you in love with the idea of love or are you in love with the person? Mm. And it's kind of the same thing for me. It's like, are you in love with the idea of being the rock star dad or do you actually like the art of being able to help nurture somebody's life into, you know, becoming something great. Right. And that's the two, like, and I definitely, I way more resonate with the idea of helping somebody get to their own journey, being a part of somebody's process. And I think that that side of me just comes from, you know, I know that to be true from, I worked at a daycare when I was a, like, you know, when I was in high mm. school, I worked at a summer camp for kids. I've done like youth, like training and like coaching. And I, there's something I love about seeing a, a light bulb go off in a kid's mind and them having, I don't, I'm not really attached to the results of what they're doing. I'm just attached to the idea of being able to spark, mm. being able to influence and spark and like plant seeds and allow them to water it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be planting a seed and watering it and planting a seed. And the idea of kind of like, if anyone's watched a Tiger Woods documentary, like that doesn't resonate with me, you know? the tiger woods like pretty much like it's it's been documented that his, his dad didn't really give him a choice like he was going to become a golfer right like he made him watch golf he made him like he made him play he made him like and he came out amazing <laughs> he's obviously tiger Woods mm -hmm. one of the best golfers of all time but that to me is a little bit more closer to the i want to raise this kid and i want the storyline for myself and i'm going to exactly. live through the kid and i don't really to me that doesn't really resonate with me i love the idea of the world is so big now right like you're so there's so many things a kid could be to be just the biggest cheerleader for that kid and to be the spark that like you know the 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 person that ignited that fire in somebody not only in fatherhood but just in life i like being that person if it's a friend or if it's just just sparking something in somebody you know um, and also allowing there for me, the one thing I want to do is I want to remove as many barricades that I had to face for my child. Just like just less barricades. Allow you to create your own path and hopefully my children will create less barricades for their children and, you know, ultimately will, you know, get further, whether it's, you know, as a, as a species, as black people, as a Somalian, mm -hmm. as a Muslim, like the more of our people that can kind of get through these barricades. I feel like our job from generation to generation is to eliminate more and more barriers 
more and more barriers. You know, mm. my, my mother and my dad, they eliminated tons of barriers for me. Shelter, food, things that they stressed about every day, I never stressed about. Right. They eliminated a layer of barriers. They didn't control who I was, they just eliminated more barriers and they were like, now what do you think that now that this isn't an, a thing to be concerned about? Right, they basically cleared up your mind. To think how to, you want to, to think. think. clearly, yeah, okay. And so for me, it's how do you do that again? Right. Erase more barriers and then now hopefully the difference is that some at some parenting can be as good as just eliminating barriers but then there's the other layer of like now how do you like influence as well and help push and help support and help like put fuel to their fire and that's the part that i feel like i'm excited about is you know not only do i want to erase barriers but i want to also be the the person that helps trigger that confidence that helps talk you through some of those things that come into your mind and allow you to kind of organize, you know, and focus and, you know, some of the things that you talk about in your life coaching, like imagine giving that life coaching to someone at a very young age only to do what they want to do. Absolutely. I don't, I don't care what you do. I just want you to do what you want to do and help support you in that. So that's to me what like, um, being a parent stands for. Um, and then being able to me, like, that's why life doesn't end is, you get to live through them vicariously. Mm. You know, I get excited. I get, I get motivation from a lot of things. I can only imagine how cool it would be to see your own child doing something epic or mm -hmm. doing something that they love or just seeing joy on their face, excitement, smile, happiness, watching them kind of navigate through things, watching them fall. And um, I remember Will, Will Smith and Jada Smith were talking about when they noticed, uh, sorry, Will Smith and Jada were talking about when Jaden was in Karate Kid. And there was this, there was a one that he was, he's, he's rehearsing to Karate Kid and their parents and they're, this is a little kid, right? And there's a scene that he has to do the splits or something. Oh yes, I know this. He's got to try to do the splits and he's, he's in pain, he's crying and he's, he's struggling with this. And as a parent, they were like, why don't you just like put it away and do it tomorrow? And like, it's okay. Like we're, they were like so supportive in there and something for him was like, no, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to get it. And he, I couldn't only imagine what being a parent and seeing that, what it would do for my, like, just, wow, that is inspiring. And my, to think that your kid could inspire you to me is like, wow, mm. that is to me the most uplifting thing. Um, and to know that you can, you can be there front row and center and watch that, you know, watch someone grow through life. And you get to see your own, you get to see some of the things that you were thinking about too when you're a kid, when you get to see your kid, right? Mm -hmm. Um, as an uncle, you leave the kid and it's there. You don't get to like, I only see it in chapters. So I'm an uncle now it's, you see, um, you'll see them at like two and then you'll see them again at four and you'll see them again at seven. You're like mm. not there for the whole journey. So it's like, I can't see all the little things that happen in between as a parent. You can, mm -hmm. and that's cool. Absolutely. So to play devil devil's advocate a bit, then going back to the original statement of how, uh, men's life feels like it's, I guess, over in that moment because it's usually the mom's role to raise the raise the kid and you're just kind of the provider and you're just around, I guess, in a sense, but you're still working and you're still, you know, providing that security. I think one or two maybe powerful points that I hope I will entertain when I'm in that space is one, uh, not relying on the child to be my legacy. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big one is allowing myself to be my own legacy and allowing them to be their own legacy. I think that that's maybe where sometimes the idea of life's over gets a little lost for us is that that child is born. And now I just put all my effort into making sure that they are better than me, I guess, in an essence to 
make sure I look good to the world. So that way the world would know, oh, he's, you know, he's a good dad or whatever. Like he raised them well. And then to also make sure that even though the, the, your kid is born or that you have the marriage or what have you, that you still live your own life, Mm. right? Like having these things doesn't mean that you just stop living your life. doesn't mean you stop pursuing the things you want to pursue. If anything, it should propel you into that space. And we've had this conversation in relationships where some men think that it would slow them down. Actually, ironically enough, I did an IG poll and I asked the people, do you think relationships um, make you accomplish less or more in your life? And it was easily over 90% that people said that relationships make them less productive and accomplish less in their life. And I get that narrative. And I think that the, the challenge is, is whenever we get these moments of success, we feel like everything we've ever done needs to be put into that now. And whatever we were doing just needs to stop. So we get into a relationship and we work less or, you know, we work harder because we're spending time or what have you. And that attests to boundaries, which we also don't understand. There's so many components. But for me, coming back to the question again, when I get married, if I get married, I don't know if I'm even going to get married, but if, if that happens, but when I do have children, I want to have hopefully the mindset prepared that my life is not going to stop in the sense of whatever I'm still working on and whatever I'm building and creating and what have you is still like on the go. And even if they're young, right? Like I'll have the balance, but I don't want to stop. I don't have a vision of stopping. So do you think that, uh, let me ask you a question then. Do you think um, that you don't want your kid to surpass you in a sense? Surpass me? Like, are you... Like, you know how you were saying that, like, you're, you kind of stop your life because you get behind the kid and now it's like, right. everything is about the kid and pushing the kid further than your, your accomplishments and stuff like that. And that might be perceived as your life stopping. So if you just let the kid be the kid and you come to this side, you continue to push your own storyline, mm-hmm. you continue to push your own, your own, does that, where does, where does the line of like, my storyline is not as important as your storyline come into play? If it ever does. Uh, it's a. Good question. I think as far as like raising it, that would obviously be a high priority. Raising it, sorry, raising the child, not it. Uh, Raising a child is obviously a massive priority, but I would always want to do my best to lead by example. So if I'm not pushing myself throughout that process and I'm not still doing my best to build and create and be my own human and be the best person and still elevate, because being the best person, I guess, is not not a finish line. That's a lifelong journey. So if I can lead by example with the little one that I do have, or little ones that I do have by um, still being creative and still in doing the things I enjoy like sports and having a good time and still living my life as full as I can, then I hope that that would inspire them to do the same, not just when they're my age at, at one point, but through the course of their development. And I think that we put just so much pressure on just like we said, giving up our lives for the, for the child when you want to obviously help develop them and nurture them, but they will make their own choices and they will make their own mistakes and they will find their own barriers and levels of resistance. And I'm there to support them through those moments, but I want them to learn as much as they can on their own. So if they're making a mess in the kitchen, that's fine. Make a mess. Guess who's cleaning it up? Not me. Mm -hmm. Do what you want. That's fine. 
but there will be consequences to your actions. There was a great video uh, that came out a while ago about this kid who was throwing temper tantrums and he would throw stuff off of the, the upper, the second level balcony inside the house or second level floor stairwell. And the mom was just chilling. So, like, okay, do what you want. That's fine. You want to throw that? It's going to break, but go ahead, throw it. So he did. And sure enough, it broke. And she's like, okay, clean it up now. Clean it up. You made the mistake. I didn't. And so I think there's a level of, of we feel like we, um, we need control over other people's lives. And I think that's where kids come in too, is we feel like we need to control them in order for them to be that. Falls back to the legacy thing, right? Like I don't, I don't need him to, or the child to outdo me. I want them to just outdo themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where like that authenticity and uniqueness comes into play is for me, even just being a father, wanting to be a father. My first thought was I want to outdo my father because he wasn't around and he wasn't doing his thing. But then I'm relying on overcoming him as a person when I'm not focused on myself anymore. I'm no longer focused on just being the best person I can be. I'm more focused on the competition of it all as if there's going to be a result that I get to prove that, oh, ha ha ha, you suck, I don't kind of concept. I never want to do that. So I also don't want my child to feel that same way either. So there's just, there's a lot of layers to it, but I, the way I see myself raising my child is allowing them to make those mistakes and not protecting them from the world like i feel i was a little bit um actually no you know what i counter that for a second my mom was never like that and i think that's where i get it from she said oh what are you doing oh okay i don't agree but if that's what you want to do go ahead so i would make those decisions and i would deal with those consequences Mm. the first time i worked was at sobeys and i quit on the spot because of unfair paycheck crap like i was 14 whatever but i wrote a letter i think actually on a piece of paper i just wrote it with my hand and gave it to them and i left and i quit and she i wanted to raise i well (laughs) you know what's crazy at the the time i was a i was a 14 year old cashier that is not allowed anymore you cannot handle money at 14 like that anyways i feel pretty privileged about it but yeah maybe i did Maybe I did. Like I wrote a handwritten note. He's no, like, it was <laughs> it was more of one of those like, oh, I told you I can't work these days. So you scheduled me on these days. Big F you. Kind of con- I was a child. I was a big baby. Wow. Clearly privileged. Jeez. Um, but in that situation, from a parent standpoint, there's a lot of opportunity to treat them in an outlandish way. Like you, you made the wrong choice. Like you, you, that was so terrible. You know, why would you ever do that? Blah, 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 blah. And that's great in a sense to, I guess, maybe teach them a lesson, but the lesson was that they quit. So what's the consequence now? Well, you got to go find another job or do you think you handled it the best way? Let's talk about it. Right. You still did it, but to give you these intense repercussions when you probably already know you made the wrong decision, let's just talk about your wrong decision and what you could have done better. That's kind of really it, but you made that decision. I didn't influence that. Mm-hmm. I don't have the power over you. So go do your thing, but you have to deal with what comes after that. I'm not going to do that for you. So I don't know if that answers the question or not. Yeah. I mean, you were kind of getting into like more of your parenting style there yeah. a little bit. Fair. Um, you talk, started talking more about your parenting style. My thing there just to kind of, kind of circle back was if you're so focused on your legacy, right. And can make sure that you're still doing your thing. And that takes up more of your time. Your agenda takes up more of your time. Oh, I hear you. Okay. Which means now you can't 
be the father that maybe you want it to be because my what I'm trying to achieve is so grandioso, it's big, it takes up a lot of my time. Cause that's the camp that I feel like we find like houses that lack the father's presence. He's right. there, but he's not there. Right. Is this a, this feeling that like, well, I'm not gonna change no, I'm not gonna change my game for nobody. Mm-hmm. Like this game is how I am. Right. And so you're just going to get the leftovers of me, you know? And it's that. So if I hate the leftover game, it's, I'm going to come home and I'm going to give you whatever is left. I hate that. And all my good energy was spent on because I'm getting rewarded from society for being the, the work guy, the, all these other things. Mm-hmm. I don't really get praised. Like as a man, do you feel like you could go into your office and be like, Hey boss, I'm going to work less because I'm going to start now being more of a father. Mm. How's that conversation look? I think oh, I think it's different for me because I don't want a boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, but we're let's let's talk on other people. But, but generalization, yeah, I think that it's. It, I mean, it definitely plays into. Are you happy with your job? Are you happy with where that career is going? Obviously, right. Men um, taking parental leave is a new is a, is a, is, a, is a new very like you know kind of trending new concept, right? How many men right now feel like I'm going to do it? You know what I mean? And, and right. they feel like they're going to be like they're going to be treated the exact same there's probably some men that are like i know i can do it but like what's the social construct of like me taking parental leave would you take parental leave yeah i think i would take it absolutely i think that one of the things i love about covid parenting right now is how many dads are at home right now and they're actually seeing these all these moments massive like what a shift Mm. All these, all these dads that usually are like at work or whatever, not only are they getting to see the kid, but they're getting to see and appreciate like the effort of their partner on a day-to-day basis and contribute a little bit too. So when I come home, I'm like, oh, I know what's, I know the amount of work that went down when I was away or you know what I mean? Instead of coming in and being like, hey, how's your day? Good, good. Just treating it like as if it wasn't like, cause you don't understand the details. You don't understand the, how many times you have to attend to this baby who's crying, who like, there's no reason for their, they're just doing, mm-hmm. and you're constantly reacting, 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 reacting. You can never make a schedule cause the kid's just on its own. You try your best. Um, but I would love to see those first, like the beginning. Oh man, those are precious moments. Those are precious moments for sure. I would take parental leave if I could. Um, also the conversation of just, you know, if, she happens to make more money than me or whatever the case may be, then cool. If you want to get back to that and there's parental leave and there's all these like structures in play, like I always just think like make the best decision for your environment. That's always, it's never been a her over me or me over her. It's what's the best move for our team. Would you be a stay at home dad? Well, it, it depends, right? Depend if that's the play that I need to make, then sure. But that's not the that's not the path that I'm on right now, mm. right? So it's it's these these hypotheticals. It's almost like people want to put you in a box. Like it's like if I had to be a stay at home dad, I would be a stay at home dad. If I didn't have to be a stay at home dad, I wouldn't be a stay at home dad. Mm-hmm. Same way, like I could go out and ask a girl out. She could also ask me out. I'm not gonna be like, no, I don't do that. Like if she, a girl came up to me and was like, hey, you want to go on it? I'm like, uh, I don't get asked out. That's not what I do. That's like me being like, I wouldn't be a stay-at-home dad. No. Mm, I feel it, like you're putting yourself in a box. I didn't, ask to put you, I didn't ask to put you in a box. I just asked to see if that would be an option for you. That's all. I feel like you put a lot of pressure on yourself to make one or the other. No, I'm talking about society now. Like you asked a question, but I'm gotcha. talking about society right, right now wants to put men in boxes. Gotcha. Like as if you say no to that, you wouldn't be a stay-at-home dad. Gotcha. If everything was pointing towards you being a stay-at-home dad and everything worked in that example, it was like, hey, you could be a stay-at-home dad. Right. There would be some people that would be like, no, I don't want to because of like 
societal societal, societal norms. Absolutely. I'm not one of them. If this, if the, if the, the painting and the decision in front of me was I could be a stay at home dad and their opportunity was there. And then yes, I would, I would make the best decision for my family mm. because they're they're But what we're doing is we're, you were making a statement of like that decision isn't in front of somebody. And right now they don't want to be a stay at home dad. And so just because I don't, I'm not aiming or planning to be a stay-at-home dad. Doesn't mean I won't pick it if that was the option that was put in front of me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not aiming. Like I'm not. Pl- I'm not moving. I'm not moving through life right now as if I want to be a stay-at-home dad. Mm-hmm. So when you ask me that, I'm like, well, that's not. Wasn't really on the cards. Like it's not my plan. Mm-hmm. I'm not planning. I'm also not planning on. I want to be married, but God has a plan. So if I don't get married, then I can't control that. But I'm trying to. I want to. I want to be in love. Right. Those are the kind of decisions that like people are like, you're saying you want to be, you don't know if you're going to be married or not. That's like, you know, if I ask you, like, do you want to be married? It'd be weird for you to ask that question. You're like, I don't know how I feel about it. But like, if I got married, I would get married. It's the openness that is more important than the closeness. Mm -hmm. Right. Are you open to the idea of being a stay at home dad? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But there are some men out there that aren't because of societal norms. Right. That's the difference. And that's the box that I'm talking about. Cause that person can't make a real decision because they're, they're in a box, right? They're in a societal box. So when they answer that question, they're going to be like, no, I don't want to be a stay at home dad, but that's not their answer. Mm. That's the box that they're in's answer. How can we eliminate the box so you can make a real decision? The real decision is if for me, at least is if the opportunity came to me and it happened to be like pointing in the direction of like, we need you to be a stay at home dad for the partnership. Mm -hmm. I would take it. I'm not going to say no. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's counter the conversation a little bit. Let's go in a different direction. We've talked about the fact that we feel like traditionally men's lives and men's life kind of ends in a sense when those, I guess, examples of societal success are met, right? And we often do that for the result of societal approval uh, rather than internal approval. One thing we haven't talked about is the other side of the equation, the beginning of the statement, which is women's life begins at that point. Right. It begins when they get married. It begins when they have children. Obviously we're not women, so we won't be able to fully relate, but I am interested to know how that comes about. Like for you, do you feel like that's just based on societal stigmas that they're the, the role models for the child or the razor? Um, they tend to do more after, um, I know it's a generalization and it's a little traditional. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? On that, and how do you feel like we can also support that side of the space? The reward system. Women are re- like they get praised for being great mothers. They get praised for um, the idea of starting that journey. It almost like and from women too. Like women to women, they'd be like, you're having a kid. Yes. It's the, you know, it's almost like the, the, the energy that comes from that event mm-hmm. is very, very liberating. And it's very like, I feel as if my purpose has been met from other people. So that societal box is the opposite for them. It's like, they get pregnant and it's like, the pressure is the opposite. It's like reward. It's flourish. It's, it's where for a man, it's like, even just think about like, you know, the, the baby shower. Let's think of, let's think about a baby shower, right? All her friends are there. They're giving her gifts. What's the vibe there, right? And then let's go to the, the the let's go to the male section of that exact same scenario. You're having a kid, eh? 
Oh, you're taking that chapter, hey? How do you feel? Are you good? Are you? It's not as like reward centered as as women. As women, it is gushy. It is oh my god! How, how do you feel? How do you? It's so there's so much excitement from that feeling. So just even in the feelings, you can tell there's a start and an ending here, mm. right? Like there's a, there's a, some sort of feeling naturally of like oh something is beginning for this this female, and something is like ending for this male. Or like a chapter of like a different chapters are coming, but the energy that we give towards them kind of feel a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, the man might get a lot of excitement right away in the beginning, and then it's very much like all the other chatter starts of like you got to go home at nine, hey, and you're dad now, and you're not going to participate in the fun that we're going to go have, and like all of the, where for a woman like her friends are still around. If anything, they're more around. Mm-hmm. They come over twice as much. Mm. They're like all over the baby. They're like they're like because. So maybe because they are like, I can't wait for this moment for me. So I'm going to live vicariously through you. Where how many, how many single guys are like, I want to go hang out with a dad all day long, <laughs> like as inspiration. Like I'm going to like, I'm going to go and hang out with my friend who's a dad because I want, I want that life so bad that I want to like be around it early. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, I want to move towards it. Not very many. Right. But for a woman all the time, Mm -hmm. the first woman to have a baby, all the other women are trying to see what that event looks like. Like, yo, what is it like? So, okay, so what happens here and what happens here? Like the interest, the intrigue is so high. But for a guy, if you're a dad, it's like, so how is that, bro? Yo, you want to come over and hang out with the kids? I don't know, man. I'm good, bro. Like, I don't know if I want to like, maybe I I can hack it for like a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, bro. So I'm going to catch you later. All right. Like we're quick to get out of there because it's it's not something that we're like excited about. It's not a desire that we have naturally that we're like, I want to see what that looks like in person. Mm -hmm. You know? And I know that because I I have those ideas of being around. Like I hung out with my, you know, one of my boys who he was like, yeah, I'm going to go pick up my kid from soccer practice. I'm like, let me come. Mm. I want to see what this looks like. I went and it was like, whoa, man. Like, you know, seeing the, like, seeing this little two-year-old kick a soccer ball and then like looking at his dad for instruction and like, cause I've already, I'm visualizing that for myself. So I want to see it a little bit early. I'm excited about that, but I know that's not normal. That's not, that's more so how typically a woman would perceive her friend having a baby is, oh, I'm going to start taking lessons early. I'm going to start looking at this and like trying to study it. That's why I think it is. It does kind of have this weird feeling of like starting and ending Mm -hmm. and just, just, just purely based off like how long have you thought about it? And do you feel like it's a responsibility that you need to uphold? Mm -hmm. I had a friend tell me, she said, um, she was hanging out and she's like, I'm not going to lie. I was hanging out one time and like there was a baby and the guy that I was seeing, um, picked up the baby and like held it and she was like i got she was she was seeing the man at the time she was like i got a euphoric feeling from just watching him pick up the baby and like she was like oh my god look like like just a, a, a man picking up a baby there's a feeling around it a woman picks up a baby it feels normal you don't even perceive that mm. so it doesn't even clock it she's like if my friend went up and picked up the baby i wouldn't even like think twice about it i'd be like oh a woman picking up a baby that's like mm. my subconscious doesn't even react to that it's like oh maybe i'd be like oh what a cute baby a man picks up a baby and there's a, her whole, or she was like, oh my God. I was just like, I was like, oh my God, it's so cute. He's picking up the baby. Look, why do we feel different about, because it's parenting has been given different reward systems. There's been way more put on the woman, I think. Mm-hmm. Way more gushiness and way more excitement and way more rewards and just like accolades and praise because men have just typically not wanted to pick up that job and do it to its fullest because I have another, because I have another, because I have another job of being a provider. Mm-hmm. 
like because the other I'm so buried by the feeling of like my responsibility which I have been feeling which is not me but men I need to provide I got to provide I got to do that job well first then if I got leftover energy I'll do the other job which is being a dad and that's why I feel like there's a little bit of a, a riff a little bit of, and I don't know can, can we fix it oh absolutely I think it's I think it's on its way from my perspective and I think that it starts with conversations like this surrounding I would uh, for me I uh, women having conversations with women and men having conversations with men and then you know bringing both to the table and having a heightened level of communication which I think we're working towards as a as a society I think slowly but surely pure honesty is coming out more often than not and it's really impacting the way that we relation with people and what the rest of our lives look like and there's still a lot of societal pressure but what I would argue or at least like to bring to light, which we spoke about earlier is um, there is a level of, of accountability and responsibility for the decisions that you're making. So if you feel like your life's going to end at that point, is that because your parents taught you that's the way that it's going to be? And you took that conditioning on, or was it the, the social conditioning that you are, that you took on that made the choice to uphold, uphold, right? with anything, any of the things that we want to pursue, whether it's success or parenting or marriage or whatever, were those decisions you made for yourself because you wanted them? Or was it because someone in your previous um, childhood, whether it was a parental figure or what have you, told you that's the only way we need to do it? Um, Same thing with like having to have a specific timeline or um, really anything, honestly, is obviously going to come from the way our parents is. But my question is, did they actually teach you that? Like were these, were these characteristics, were these traits, were these ideas, were they actually physically taught to you and molded into your brain as a young one? Or did you grow up, see something and make the decision to adopt it? Cause at that point you need to recognize like there's responsibility that needs to be taken for those actions to add to that. Even if your parents did do that, just asking yourself the question, what did it come from them? Or is it one, or is it from me? Did I actually put some conscious effort into it? And then you can make a better decision if you want to. Uh, it doesn't have to be the way that they did it or the way society society has it. But uh, I definitely think that it can and, and is being fixed. Like the idea of just having the opportunity for uh, uh, paternal leave to have, I think, it's, is it paternal mm-hmm. for fathers? I think so, yeah. Um, just having that as an option, right, is is already a, develop in the, a development in the right way where we're it's just supporting under, fatherhood supporting fatherhood exactly so just the supporting fatherhood realm is definitely growing and now i think it's uh working towards the understanding of i think the appraisal system just in general mm-hmm. whether you're a child or whether you're not we praise the result but we just don't really ever praise the process or the journey and so for you know even a woman for example how often does she get asked the question so when are you going to find a man because the thought is married children and that's when your life starts your life hasn't started yet so what are you doing with your life so less questions like that and more of less like hey like how are you you know what's going on what do you do what are you doing rather than this idea of like you have to ask them about their children or their husband their relationships or their relationships yeah like they're allowed to be people and do what they want and when they get to that decision they can but that's not the only thing they're here for right i think that a challenging concept for me is that um a lot of women are living by the last name of the man because that's what they feel they're here for is to just live by that rule that I'm essentially here to serve him and have his last name and be, you know, Mrs. Rushton. It's like, not like for me, I want you to be you and live you and live your life through yourself. 
not be um, an attachment off of me. Like that's not, that's what I hope that's not the case. And I think that's where sometimes it seems like um, there's just so many questions being asked that are just going in the wrong direction. And same thing with men, right? I think the question more aligns with us of is, have you proposed? Obviously we know that. Have you proposed yet? Are you going to propose? Why haven't you proposed yet? And B, you know, are you the CEO yet? Have you got a promotion yet? What's your salary? Right? How many questions, how many guys ask other guys, what's your salary? Cause they want to know because it's competition. I need to make more than you. That's where our questions go. So we are constantly striving to have more of that where women, it's just, you know, where's your, where's your baby? Why do you have a baby at your 25? Like, what are you waiting for? You know, where it's like for them, maybe it is, should be more of the question of, you know, have you got that promotion yet? And there's that internal clock that they fight too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so there's, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of different elements that come into it. Um, but I think what we wanted to discuss is just the, hopefully the, the, working away of this, this concept, working away of this and having a, yeah, a more balanced idea. But I think for me, the biggest thing is just trying to live life for yourself and not on anybody else's timeline or expectation, which is hard. It's hard. It's, it's going against the tribe, the tribe of the whole world. Right. And, and like all these problems kind of bleed into each other, right? Like as a man, you're probably thinking, I got to provide to, I got to be a provider. So how can I be a father? I got to be mm-hmm. provider first. I got to uphold that responsibility first. And then I got to be a provider. Well, what about when now women start being more providers too, mm-hmm. right? Now, now we share the parental stuff. We share the, because provi- there's less pressure that you have to provide the whole thing. Now I provide a bit, I provide too. Mm-hmm. So like, as we start to kind of balance out and find this, this, like, you know, this like evenness, then now it makes me, okay, I can take parental leave now too. Cause I don't feel like the help that we're going to collapse. Mm-hmm. There's some support on the other end, you know? So I feel like as we start to kind of, you know, let minorities and women and all these other people kind of take, take on the providing responsibility, it can allow you to kind of get distracted in the right way. get distracted in other areas of your life of like, you know, mm-hmm. yourself one, right? Like men have been able to address their mental health because they've been too busy being a provider. Mm-hmm. How can I, how can I, I can't take, I can't afford to take care of me because I got to make sure that I can provide. Mm-hmm. Right. But now if the providing aspect is gone, it's like, Hey, Hey hun, like I'm, I got to take work off for the next six months. I'm not doing good, but things are going to stay because you're a provider. So I can afford to now take that mental health break because mm-hmm. I'm not, it's been too much, but in previous, if we think about it, it's like, I, what, can I take that break? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm holding up, I'm holding up the responsibilities here. Right. So I feel like as it, things kind of start to even out, we hopefully can start seeing pockets of, you know, being more aware of your mental health, being more aware of your responsibilities at the home, as well as your responsibilities, having more of a balance between who you are as a character and what you want to fulfill without, cause it's like, if 90% of me is responsibility of providing, then I really don't have the bandwidth to actually do anything else. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of dependency on me making sure that I, I, I keep the rock, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think, as this catch up period happens, as we start to kind of create a little bit more balance, it's crazy to me how things will start to even out and balance out. Mm-hmm. I think that we'll start to hopefully see a, you know, a little bit more of a change and maybe people, men will want to desire more of a responsibility of like being a father. Cause now they can feel the bandwidth is freeing up. Mm-hmm. They can free, they can see that the provider responsibility is starting to like lessen. Uh, and now I can focus on other things. Mm-hmm. And for me to tie the loop, I guess on the conversation is just understanding that, just do what is best for you. You know, I think that there's just so much pressure coming from the outside world, whether you are, um, a male or female or whatever gender you identify with, there's just so much pressure to be a specific way. And 
that's sometimes really difficult to challenge. But if you don't want kids, don't have kids. Don't do it because the world expects you to have kids. Exactly. Do not have kids. Because at that point, you're literally just doing it for your ego and to appease the approval of your family or the society, what have you. Don't do it because you won't be a great, great parent, right? You won't be a great provider. So don't do that. Same thing with being a provider as a man. Is it the stigmatization that you have to be? 100%. Does that mean you have to be? No, it does not. No one is holding a gun to your head saying, be the provider. If you want her to be the provider, manifest that. Have, have this other job that you're good with that doesn't necessarily provide in that way. And you will, you will work towards manifesting a female or whatever relationship you desire that will be the provider. And that's fine. Will it be tough for you to maybe navigate because people might judge you? Absolutely. But guess what? People are going to judge you anyway. So you might as well decide on what you want them to judge you on. And if that's the route, go that route. Do that if you want. Same thing with women, right? Women have an expectation of having a child. You do not have to have a child. You do not if you don't want to. So don't. Do it if you want to do it, not because your mom said you're supposed to have a kid. Where's your kid? Where's my grandchild? Right? Don't do it. Just make the best decision for you in your own life. And what that will do is that will allow you to rid of the boxes that you were speaking about earlier, live less black and white and live more gray. We're always trying to live more gray, more, more fluidity, more flow with ourselves, more authenticity. And that's what we're hoping to do with this podcast is present more options to be authentic and to make decisions for your best self and to live through your highest self and just not stop doing things for other people and stop relying on them to do that for you as well. Cause later on when it doesn't work, you have to deal with yourself exactly to deal with those consequences of making the decision that you did not want to make but you just did because you were supposed to and that's a pretty difficult way to live and so um you know don't settle don't settle for the status quo do what you want to do be authentic be unique and uh live on your own terms and hopefully that will allow you to transcend this idea that men's life ends when you have these moments of success and women's life begins when they have their moments of success in that area it's just life is continuous Right? There's no timeline that you have to live by. If you're 40 and you're still not there, sure, you might feel a little bit of stress, but that doesn't mean that you're behind. You're just on your own path. You'll figure it out. So it, it, it's different for everyone. Um, so just do your thing. Live your best life. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. If you haven't yet, please download, subscribe, leave a review. But most importantly, if you took any value out of this episode or you enjoyed this episode, please post and share with your close family and friends. You can follow us at our online IG account, which is at Modern Masculinity. Make sure the C is a K. Remember, we're trying to represent the mask that men wear. So at Modern Mask Masculinity Podcast. You can also follow us on our private socials. Mine is at Coach Kyle Rushton. And mine is Anwar Ahmed Four. And uh, any kind of post share that you do helps us kind of build this community one listener at a time. So we appreciate um, all your efforts. And remember, we're here with you. And we are standing tall beside you in this arena of misunderstood masculinity. Until next time, peace.